welcome and thank you for listening to the first edition of McKenna's NHL podcast. I'm Kyle McKenna, your lead NHL writer from About.com Sports. So usually every Thursday I hold a uh, NHL mailbag via Twitter. Uh, people tweet me NHL-related questions using the hashtag McKenna's Digest, and then I answer them, and they're posted in an article from About Sports. But on this Thursday instead, I'm actually going to answer those questions over the podcast here. First question uh, from a good buddy of mine over at SNY. Zach wants to know if New York Islanders head coach Jack Capuano will be fired if the Islanders lose again in the first round of the playoffs. If I'm general manager Garth Snow of the Islanders, absolutely, Zach, I'm firing Capuano. Look, Capuano is very instrumental in transforming the Islanders from a non-playoff team to a playoff contender, but something's got to give here because the Islanders aren't where they should be. And what I mean by that is, look, this team should be, you know, in the conversations for representing the Eastern Conference, the Stanley Cup Finals, and they're not. Right now, like, you know, the Islanders fan base, the sense I get is they're just hoping and praying they get out of the first round, and that shouldn't be the case. The Islanders, they just they need a change there. Um, and that's if they lose in the first round. If they don't lose in the first round, I'm sure Capuano will stay. Um, I mean, Snow's job isn't, you know, in danger. He's done a fantastic job. But with Capuano, look, six seasons with the team, three playoff appearances. It's a long time for an NHL coach. People don't realize in the NHL, it's, look, these guys come and go. They're like, you know, they're almost comparable to uh, running backs in the NFL now. They give you three good years, and then they're done. So it's been a good run for Jack Campiano on the island or now in Brooklyn. But if they lose in the first round, yeah, you got to get someone else pushing the buttons in that dressing room, a different voice behind the bench, a little change of pace. But hey, Zach, thanks for the question. Your beautiful don't ever change. On to question two from my main man, Pots and Pans, Luke Hoffman, NBA enthusiast. And Luke's got a couple of good questions here as... He and I have actually done some writing together over the years, but it's funny around this time of the year, you know, I'm sending him text messages about who I should pick for the NBA playoffs. Give me the gist. Is this LeBron's year with Cleveland? Yada, yada. And then he's sending text messages my way asking for advice about his NHL bracket. And, you know, it doesn't seem to matter what I tell him. He still picks the Rangers and the Ducks every year. But, hey, that's okay. Uh, Anyways, on to the questions. Luke wants to know which wild card team in the playoffs has the best chance to make a run. Uh, Luke, your answer is the San Jose Sharks. And yes, I know, I know, they're playing the Los Angeles Kings. Look, the Kings are cup favorites. Everyone's on the bandwagon. They're big, they're fast, they're deep. They got Jonathan Quick between the pipes. But this Sharks team just matches up well with the Kings. Like, if you're the LA Kings, the last team I want to face wanted to face in the first round was the San Jose Sharks, your division rival, and there's so much... Even in you know such a short span, there's so much history there between the two, um, with the same guys intact. That the Sharks are definitely out for vengeance, um, and there's just something about the way these two teams match up. It's almost like when the Jets and the Patriots play each other, you know, two times a year. It doesn't matter how bad the Jets are. I'm not saying that um, the San Jose Sharks are far from a bad team. I'm just kind of giving an example here. Um, the Jets always play the Patriots really well. And you know, look, the Jets are probably going to win one game somehow. They're going to give the Patriots one of their three losses, you know, during the season. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I have the Sharks beating the Kings in seven. They're up three games to one now. I don't expect San Jose to win, you know, in five games. I think LA is just too good. 
I wouldn't be surprised if they go to a seventh game and then all of San Jose would just be, you know, in a panic because they blew a three nothing lead two years ago in the playoffs to these same Kings. But look, I promise you, San Jose, it will be a different outcome this year. The Sharks are not going to blow it. It's just a different team, different attitude um, in San Jose. Um, and how about Martin Jones, uh, the former Los Angeles backup to Jonathan Quick, now in his first ever playoff series going against his former team. And this kind of goes hand in hand with Luke's second question, which goalie has the most to prove in the playoffs? And right off the bat, it is Jones, just because it's his first go around in the playoffs. And goaltending has been such a big issue in San Jose in the postseason over the last decade and has probably been not the biggest problem for them underachieving, but definitely within, you know, the top three there. Um, and then in Dallas, they got, you know, their two goaltenders and Lettinen and Niemi. Um, each of those guys still have to prove themselves in the playoffs to see if Dallas is, you know, the real deal and can actually make the Stanley Cup finals. We know Dallas has all all the offense in the world. As heading into Thursday night, they actually led the playoffs uh, here with 13 goals. Um, and then in Detroit, you had a couple goaltenders. We didn't know what was going to go on there. We knew Jimmy Howard was going to start. And then what do you know? He gets pulled. Um, and then Morazic goes in. And so, but that still wasn't enough as Tampa Bay limited the Red Wings, eliminated the Red Wings in five games. They won tonight, one nothing. We could throw Islanders goaltender Thomas Grace into the conversation as well. Uh, it's his first go around in the playoffs, and no one really knew what to expect. Was he going to be, you know, the Achilles heel for the Islanders heading into the series against the Florida Panthers? And that hasn't been the case. He's actually played really well and hasn't been a problem for the Islanders as they're tied 2-2 in that series with the Cats. And then across from him is Roberto Luongo, a future Hall of Famer. But he hadn't won a playoff game since 2011 when he was in the Stanley Cup Finals against the Boston Bruins. And Lou had played in playoff games uh, before this year. He led up, you know, three or more goals in each of those a couple years back. And then his first game with the Islanders lets in four goals on 26 shots. It's not Roberto Luongo hockey we're used to seeing. So, yeah, there's definitely um, some things to prove there if he still had what it takes, you know, in the grind of a long NHL season at the age of 37. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there are your netminders who had uh, some things to prove. And now let's get on to... Question number four from About.com's Red Sox writer, John O'Callaghan. You can visit his work at uh, bostonredsox.about.com. John wants to know how important Charlie Coyle would be in the Minnesota Wild Dallas Star Series. Yeah, for a um, Parisi-less, Zach Parisi-less Minnesota Wild Club, you, you know, you need a lot more from Charlie Coyle. I know he had a beautiful goal the other night, but that was only his first of the series. And Dallas scores a lot of goals. And Minnesota really isn't uh, known for doing that. And, you know, it shows they're down in the series 3-1. to one. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I picked the Stars to win in five. That's what I expect. But who knows, maybe that goal the other night can give uh, Charlie Coyle and the Wild a spark. And, and, yeah, with no Zach Parisi there, there's just no life in that offense. So it would have been important for Charlie Coyle to really step up his game there in Minnesota. But it looks like that one's going to come to an end pretty soon. And then since we're all out of questions here, I would like to discuss what's been going on with the coaches' challenges here in the playoffs with goals being reversed and completely affecting the games. Um, I'm sure even if you're not a hockey fan, you've heard about this. It started with the Islanders-Panthers uh, game two. The Panthers are up 2 nothing. go down the ice. 
they score a goal, and then you find out the Islanders want to challenge the play for an offsides that happened about, you know, 10 or 15 seconds at least before the goal was scored. And what do you know? It gets reversed. And then the Islanders come back and tie the game. We see OT, and the Islanders win. The Panthers would have went up 3 nothing there. I'm sure that game, you know, doesn't end that way. You know, the, that, the building was quiet completely. You could hear a pin drop in the Barclays Center after the Panthers got that third goal. And then they celebrated like they scored when the goal got, you know, disallowed. But I, it's just like this whole coaches challenge thing with the offsides right now is just, it's annoying. I'll even say it. It's like, come on now, man. You're, it's like um, in football when on a punt return and the guy goes 80 yards down the field and scores a touchdown. But like, you know, it's coming back because everyone sees the flags. It's like, oh, okay, you're, you're really not disappointed. It's almost like that if the referees didn't throw the flags on that punt return that gets returned for 80 yards on that exciting play. And, you know, you just, no one knew that was going to come back. That's what it's like right now with these goals because the duration after the offsides play is, you know, another 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds. And in the NHL, that's a whole other shift. Some guys are getting off the ice at that point, or there's a whole cycle play down low. Um, so it's really just an odd thing. Um, and then, you know, I think it happened in the Rangers game. Um, so it's just, it's a buzzkill. It's just, it's odd. They're going to have to change that or, you know, insert a new rule where, look, like you can't challenge this play and, you know, a certain dura- after a certain duration. Um, and even so, like you look at some of these plays that are reviewing and they take like seven minutes as long as it's a podcast <laughs> to to make a decision because it's so tough you can't if you can't even tell with these cameras then why are you rev- just don't don't overturn the the play just keep the goal it's ridiculous um so yeah th- there's my rant thank you for listening my hobbits um anyways i'll go uh and i'll tell you who i picked for the stanley cup playoffs because i know everyone cares in the West, I have Dallas beating Minnesota in five games, as I mentioned before. Then St. Louis, Chicago. Yes, believe it or not, I have St. Louis winning at six, and I have St. Louis going to the Stanley Cup. Then with Nashville and Anaheim, I took Anaheim, just a safer bet there. Uh, L.A. San Jose, you know, hey, my dark horse. I took the San Jose Sharks, as cliche as that sounds over the last decade. Uh, like I said, different team, new attitude. Uh, they'll get it done against L.A. In the East, Rangers-Pittsburgh. Um Everyone kind of thought this series was just going to be, you know, completely in favor of Pittsburgh. And while it looks that way now, I I don't know. I just thought the Rangers would have a little more fight, and they have that mental edge over Pittsburgh considering they've beaten them the last two years in the playoffs, and it's with the same core guys. So, um, hey, clearly not the case. Pittsburgh's up 3-1, and I picked them in six. Philly-Washington, that's another one I thought would have been a little longer, and I think... More people expected Philly to give Washington a little more run for their money. But uh, Washington's up 3-1, and I picked Washington in 6. And Detroit-Tampa, this is right. I uh, I went wrong. I picked Detroit in, I think, 6 or 7, and they uh, they let me down. Thank you, Hockey Town. Tampa won in 5 games tonight. Islanders-Panthers. Um, I know this doesn't have the appeal like all the other matchups, but uh, I thought this was going to be the best series. Uh, Florida was a good team all year. They're they're actually exciting. I know they're not, you know, Pittsburgh or the Rangers or the Flyers or, you know, Tyler Johnson and the Lightning, but, hey, the Panthers are a good hockey team. 
Um, and they've been exciting to watch. It's been a great series. I expect that to go seven, and I picked the Cats in seven to win their first playoff series since 1996. So my main man, Yammer Yager and company, he's got the moves like Yager will get to celebrate finally in uh, Sunrise, Florida. And then coming out of the East, I took the Capitals to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Well, they'll square off uh, against the St. Louis Blues. And how about that? You know, the Caps and the Blues made that trade in the offseason where TJ Oshie went from St. Louis to Washington. So that would be interesting. And then you have Marty Brodeur, the assistant GM for the Blues, uh, he'll get to see Braden Holpe again. His, his buddy almost broke his his single season uh, wins record this year. Um, so thanks for everyone who listened tonight. And um, like I said, if you'd like, you can tweet me uh, your NHL questions. And hey, maybe I'll answer them next week on the podcast. Yes, I will. Um, and uh, if they don't get on the podcast, they'll be in an article. So if you tweet at me or follow me on Twitter at kmckenna underscore tlt5 and just use the hashtag mckenna's digest and hey we can talk some hockey um and for more information on following the stanley cup playoffs and the hardest trophy to win of all sports the stanley cup you can just visit uh, our link here at proicehockey.about.com and i will have a set schedule uh you know laid out soon for this so uh most likely you'll hear this beautiful voice again next week so i'll talk to you then